Muffin Films and Salad Fingers, Homestar Runner and Mondo Media, Adam Films and Metalocalypse, Happy Tree Friends and What the Hell is Flash Animation Anyway. Warning, not affiliated with Adobe. Welcome to Plug and Missing, the Flash Animation Flashback Podcast, where we watch the Flash Animations, Webtoons, and Shorts that we grew up watching in the halcyon days of yore, I mean the early 2000s. I'm Paul Rebrig, and with me is my co-host... John Ward. John, how did we decide that you were the co-host? Do you remember? I do not. I think it had to do with the fact that I introduced MinutePod, and so you introduced Plug and Missing. <laughs> the world's a funny place. John, what are we looking at today? Today, we're looking at the sixth episode of Big Bunny, titled Business. All right. Well, as has become traditional, we're going to start by reading the Wikipedia summary of the episode. Big Bunny tells a story about a paperclip who has affairs with a notepad while married to a staple. The episode ends when Big Bunny tells the friends to bring another friend of theirs so there is more kids to listen to his stories. He also tells the friends to eat plenty of butter pats and share them with their friends. All right. uh, The bad grammar in the middle there was from the actual wikipedia summary we have to be accurate in our readings john Mm -hmm. the only uh, real problem i see with this summary is that in the wikipedia article the episode was called ties not business but otherwise it seems pretty accurate does that seem true yeah i think so yeah the grammar is very confusing but other than that it's good it only took two takes to get through that's not so bad (laughs) john this episode i think is a a lot of fun yes so (laughs) At the beginning, we see the the abandoned collar with some specks of blood that uh, the the big bun uh, says he's uh, <laughs> the cat, the chunky cat, the delicious uh, cat is no longer wearing the collar, which is why it's on the ground. Uh, he's wearing a business tie <laughs> because he's become successful in business. Yeah. Do, do we ever hear what business the cat's gotten successful with in particular? So the blood is explained as strawberry jam, right? So True. I assume, and and I want, you know, this is a discussion point, Paul. I assume that means that he's become a strawberry jam magnet. Ooh, maybe. I mean, that all those strawberry jam dollars? You know, it could be. He could be working for Big Jam. We do hear that he's the head of some sort of conglomerate thing. Yes. But that, that's really all the detail that we get. Really? What what business do you think a cat would be best at? Um, hmm, not yarn. Not yarn, it's too tempting. Yeah. I was thinking catnip, you could go a Walter White cat route, but... Yeah, or... There's, there's a lot of risk to get high on your own supply. Or pest control? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Blue collar cats. I think cats. they're tiny little predators. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Right, John, I think the first joke that we actually see in this episode is the bag of slender vittles that the kids bring. Uh, So it turns out last episode when we were positing, you know, whether or not we thought the cat was too chunky and the kids also knew. Turns out the kids did know. Yes, they did. They did realize that the cat was very fat. Uh, A fat cat. Now he's a fat cat in more than one way in business and in life. Jokes. But yeah, and so so the cat, the cat was explained. He's he's a very fat cat. And they brought, what is it called again? Slender Vittles. Slender Vittles. What's Vittles, Paul? Vittles is a southern way to say food, no? Oh, okay. Cool. I don't know. No, it is. Cool. I thought maybe it meant like organ meats or something. I don't know. It does kind of sound like that, but I think it's just food in general. I have no joke there. (laughs) Oh. Just facts. So, 
uh, Scrumptious Kitty is very good at business. Uh, he's on a business trip, and that's why he's not president anymore. What do you think actually happened to this uh, this uh, Scrumptious Kitty, Paul? I think it's just dead now, and I'm really glad the kids <laughs> didn't try the jam on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they seem smart enough not to, uh, to know not to lick jam off the ground, so that's it's a plus in their favor. They might be able to survive. Maybe, but they still can't tell the difference between bugs and rocks with sticks taped to them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I see here you do have a question. Can a cat wear a tie? Uh, do Do you feel like you have an answer to this, Paul, or would you like me to to respond? Well, I'm I'm kind of just thinking through the logistics of it. Can the cat tie his own tie? Do cats have a different kind of tie that they can put on on their own so that you don't have to tie them for them? Does the cat have the agency to wake up in the morning and ask you to put on its tie? I just don't know about the universe that we're working in. I mean, what do you think? I think cats wear ties very similar to how they wear collars in that it's just a part of their accoutrement and like mm. will be occasionally washed by the owner when they remember to do it. But other than that, it's just something that you just drag around with you at all times. Uh, however, so I almost do like think a clip-on tie a... just on the collar. It, it, yeah well yeah exactly except it does have a quick release on it in case the cat gets caught on something so that if the cat's life is, is in key. danger it can tear away <laughs> so john you're saying that the cat would wear a collar like nope fucked up my own joke let's move on how do you feel <laughs> about dressing up animals in general i'm pretty fine with it uh, i feel like like you can interpret some of that as being abusive depending on the amount of dress up we're talking about but like some animals just aren't made for all weather and like mm -hmm. uh what is it i used to have a, a greyhound and uh that boy did did shake in the winter mm -hmm. <laughs> and so i feel much less bad about putting on a nice winter coat on him and maybe some booties uh than i do about like I don't know if I did the same thing to a husky in the middle of the summer, that would be kind of cruel. But I think you just like, you know, everything with context. That's fair. I think the best part about this clip, John, is definitely the story that the big bun tells. And this has less to do with anything than than anything we've heard him tell before. I think oh, it's yeah. just completely this is way out of left field. <laughs> random story about illicit office love, which I yeah. think is a weird thing to tell children. <laughs> Is it? I guess so. It's so hard to tell now as a teacher. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the story is of a paperclip that's married to a staple. Uh, the paperclip gets bored and then has an illicit affair with a passing by notepad. Legal pad. And uh, then the paperclip is bent out of shape in order to use to set a clock. I kind of wonder if this joke hasn't aged out of out of like making any sense. I think it has. You really don't need to manually reset electronics in the same way that I think you did in 2001. Or like any kid watching this. And by kid I mean like even teenagers. Do they even know how to reset like do they even know what paper clips are, John? <laughs> well, they do know what paper clips are because I have thousands of them, and every time they ask me for a staple, I give them a paper clip. <laughs> um, but maybe I'm just a particularly gifted educator in that sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I also don't have any staples, so I guess that's the other side of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, because yeah, the usually the little like button is receded into the into the clock a little bit, and you have to use like the end of a pen or a paperclip in order to hit the buttons. It's so that I assume you don't like randomly reset the clock when you're just like touching the clock or fumbling around your dresser or something. Right, but I feel like it's changed now so that it's more hold down these two buttons for three seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely modes now. I think it's because we can fit computers inside of stuff, smaller stuff right. now. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. And then like, if you've got like a travel one, you don't want that to require a paperclip. Like, then you have to travel with a paperclip. So that's also a different one. Uh, I also just don't think that there's as many clocks in the world as there used to be. I wonder if there's like a clock crisis going on in the industry, Paul. Cause maybe maybe that's the business the cat's getting into, working for yeah. a big clock. Big clock. He's big clock. saving big clock. Maybe. Um, John, I have a couple of other questions about the paperclip and the staple, though. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into this relationship a little bit. Who do you think's reaching and who do you think is settling? <laughs> uh, I think that the staple is settling. And I think that that's given the paperclip a... Uh, like a negative self-perception. Mm. Why do you uh, think the staples the one settling? Uh, well, staples are just better at keeping paper together. That is true. I mean, it's a more Hot permanent takes. solution, but I mean, like paper clips have other uses. They're more flexible. And so I can see this being like the paper clip thinks they're subpar, but in reality, the staple sees all of the gifts that the paper clip has. And that's why you know, they they decided to stay with the paperclip. But it's the paperclip doesn't feel that way. What a tragic, tragic relationship. It is. It's very unfortunate. Um, and the notepad, funny. I mean, we can all say, like, you know, if you know, we've if you've seen a legal notepad, you know. Notorious homewreckers. <laughs> Scamps, really. Uh, cads. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> All of them are sexy rules. I also think <laughs> I also think that they're a particularly bad candidate to have an affair with because th- there's evidence. You can write on them really easily. The pages leave indents. I mean, yeah. there's no way there's not hard evidence of this affair. I mean, it's very possible that that's the attractiveness of the situation to the paperclip, like just knowing they're going to get caught. Oh. I mean, you know, you can't can't yuck someone's yum, Paul. Like, if that's part of this. This really is, this really is an illicit office love story. <laughs> exactly. <Wow>. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's about it for the story. Like, this is the shortest story so far, right? Like, is there anything shorter than this? I don't think there's anything shorter, and I don't think there's really anything else to delve into here it's funny that the paperclip i i guess dies in the end but was it ever really alive (laughs) (laughs) it felt alive for that one moment with the legal pad yep uh and so so yeah when it was blended out of shape to use as a clock i assume that's when it died um but then the bunny sort of just ends it the kids say yay and then the uh bunny asks the kids to bring a pump friend next time uh and I, I and yeah, I, I do assume they mean a child. That the bunny means a child. Um, when is this bunny actually going to eat 
a child is my real question. I think we only have one episode left, and he's yeah. getting ready to move up to eating people. But yeah, uh, he's got to he's got to get a move on. Yeah, I wonder if oh. the bunny has groomed these children uh, to become like a herder, basically for him. Uh, and that what we've what what we've finally seen is like at the beginning we think he's going to eat the children with like the sandwich shaped co- uh, uh, sofa and right. and like talking about them in like you know the tasty adjectives and stuff like that. But now I think we're going to get like uh, some cousin come in like last episode, <laughs> only to be disappeared by the bunny, uh, and. Uh, and yeah, I think that that's I think that's how it's gonna work. I think he's basically groomed these children to bring him livestock, ideally other plump children. Well, we'll see. We've got one episode left. We can see how it yeah. plays out. The last question I have is: the bunny recommends that they eat plenty of butter pats instead of just eating butter. That's an interesting <laughs> recommendation. What do you think about that? Uh, butter pats do fit in your mouth better. True. Um. I think that I think there's also something like you can have butter on something and still not have a pat of butter on it. I feel like a pat of butter is like a visible amount of butter mm-hmm. on something. So I do I do think he is asking them to over butter their food, basically. You're probably right. I also have a note in here that says, hi, I'm Butter Pat, but I don't have any joke really there. <laughs> it's a <laughs> good, all. it's a good, yeah, a pat. Butter Pat. Good nickname for a pat. All right, John. What moral do you think we can take away from the penultimate episode of Big Bunny? You know, just talk to your partners. Like, <laughs> there needs to be some communication between this paperclip and staple. Uh, if there was, then maybe the paperclip would have lived longer than to be just used as a tool to reset a clock. Wow, it's a fate we all hope to avoid. Mm-hmm. My moral's not quite as deep. It's just don't tell illicit office love stories because it's always weird. <laughs> it is. It is always weird because you're weird for having known it and you're weird for having brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John, do you have anything that you want to plug? Uh, I would like to plug the Minute Podcast. Ooh, uh, tell us about that. Okay, so the Minute Podcast is our other podcast. Uh, you guys got a good listen, earful of it last week um, when you were listening to the first episode of the season. Uh, there is a second episode up on uh, the Minute Podcast, and by second, I mean, what, 53rd episode mm-hmm. of it? So there's plenty of episodes to, if you've never heard of it before, to listen to. But it basically, it's a, uh, it's a podcast where we explore a minute of content uh, either randomly selected, selected by listeners, or uh, sort of uh, selected by us individually to torture the other person with. Um, it's usually out of context and very silly. And so it's kind of where the fun comes in. All right. Does it have jokes, John? Uh, well, you have jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I more just like talk through what happens in the scene. <laughs> So it's both informative and it has jokes. What more do you sure. want, folks? <laughs> but no, there's plenty of jokes. Uh, some of my favorite things are the ads and uh, the we, we do rehearse uh, the scene every time. But we pretend like we've never done it before. So, 
Yeah. It's a lot of lot of great stuff to look forward to. So check it out, the Minute Podcast. All right, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Plug and Missing. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend and leave a review on iTunes. We would prefer five stars, but we'll take what we can get. If you want to talk more about Flash Animation, you can add us on the various social media platforms at Plug and Missing or email us at pluginmissingpod at gmail.com. You can also check out pluginmissing.com for info on upcoming episodes and live shows and that kind of thing. This episode was co-hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg, produced by John Ward, edited by Paul Reberg, with music by me as well. Come back next week when we're going to ask you, would you like to update Flash? We're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing Flash animation and what the hell it is until next week. We hope you're well. Please give us five stars on iTunes.